Assalamu alaikum. Super chuffed to have on both today Sara and Samra, founder and chair of Cycle Sisters respectively. When I first had the idea of doing a podcast, these are exactly the individuals I had in mind on who I wanted to come on. True trailblazers, true pioneers in their space. People who affect and will continue to affect thousands upon thousands of cyclists. Sisters who give up their time, effort and energy to benefit others in the community. They have gone on to create a model for cycling which can and should be replicated both across the UK and perhaps even in other towns and cities across the globe. Let's get into it. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Gap podcast. Ladies, how are we doing? Sarah, Samra? Good, thank you. Alhamdulillah. I'm doing very well, thank you. Alhamdulillah. Right, how if are you? you? Want to, Alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm well today. Uh, fifth, fifth fast, Alhamdulillah. It's going okay. It's going really fast. It's going to be a oh, week. That's right. That's absolutely correct. Go and make the most of it, I guess. But yeah, you're right. It's going really, really fast. Uh, but let's get into it, Samra. If you want to start, tell us a bit about yourself, uh, both in terms of cycling and just general as well. Oh, okay. Um, so my name is Samra Saeed. I'm London-based. And I am... Um, uh, professionally, I work for charities, so I'm a senior producer at an organisation called Arts and Homelessness International. Um, we work with policy and co-creation with people with lived experience of homelessness to ensure they're part of the decision-making processes. Um, and I go back in charities 15 years uh, looking at business development, programming and fundraising. Um, on a personal capacity, I share uh, Cycle Sisters, um, and I also lead the Hounslow uh, Cycle Sisters group. Yourself, Sarah? So I'm Sarah Javed, and I'm a mum of three. I live in northeast London, and uh, like Samra, I've worked in charities for most of my life. I started at Muslim Aid, working in overseas development, uh, and then uh, after that, I set up a charity called MADE, which was around connecting young Muslims around uh, what Islam teaches about uh, various global issues like climate change and trade justice and things like that. Um, and from there, I got interested around uh, thinking about the environment and pollution and that sort of thing, which was where the kind of initial thought around cycling came in. Um, long story later, then uh, ended up starting up Cycle Sisters back in 2016 now. And that's how Sarah and I met. When, right, in back in 2016, is it? No, when she oh. said, um, well, in May, so I was really kind of involved in Trudy Salah and uh, all the cycling uh, green stuff that she was involved in. Yeah, so we did it. We did a couple of cycle challenges at Made, but um, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't kind of the core of what we were doing. So it, it was just um, on, on the side. Um, but yeah, Summer and I met through, I think it was the Oxford, London to Oxford ride, wasn't it? Right, yeah. All right. You got into it um, thinking about the environment or was it another way coming into cycling that is? Um, I mean, it was more like, so that, that was kind of like the initial interest in it, thinking about, you know, how we can uh, sort of reduce our carbon footprint and, uh, you know, thinking about different ways to get around and that sort of thing. But um, I think predominantly for me, it was around trying to find some exercise that I could fit into my life. Uh, you know, as a busy working mum, it's so difficult to take any time out to do anything. You know, thinking about going to the gym is just impossible. So um, I thought cycling is great because it's multitasking 
doing, you know, you're getting your exercise in while you're getting to work, dropping the kids off various places. Um, so I really wanted to do it and at MADE I thought about it and uh, I was talking about it for, for ages, I think it was about a year of like proper procrastination before I finally managed to get myself started. And the thing is, is that it like it shouldn't be a difficult thing, but it can feel like a really kind of overwhelming, intimidating thing to be able to start. And, you know, the, I didn't really have any support. I looked around for other kind of groups and things that might be able to help me. And all I could find locally was a road cycling club that looked very scary. <laughs> so you had to be able to cycle like 30 plus miles and have a certain time of bike. And, you know, all the pictures of people were... Um, mostly men wearing lycra and so you know no way like this really is not for me um so I just you know I figured it out and I, I managed to get myself going after kind of like lots of false starts like buying the wrong bike and you know things bike that didn't fit I had like this really bad folding bike that my husband got me off Gumtree which <laughs> it was like as I was riding along it was sort of trying to fold itself back up again <laughs> um and it, you know just very very small uh rides like just trying to get to the station initially um which I really struggled with because I was really unfit I hadn't done any exercise for ages um so yeah so that, that was kind of that was how I got started um, all right what year was that that was uh oh probably about six seven years ago something like that um and then I, I went on to get a cargo bike so that's like one of those box bikes um which you can carry your kids in so that was after I had my second child um, and I think from then on that was like really the start of when I just became completely addicted to cycling and ended up cycling seven days a week um we had to move house last year to have a house with a garage because I had so many bikes so the house was completely overrun before we just couldn't uh, couldn't fit all the bikes in um so I ended up going on to train as a ride leader um and then also as a cycling instructor as well um so teaching women how to cycle uh, complete beginners and and uh, people who want to develop their confidence in cycling uh, and then yeah more recently I've gone on to get a road bike and start to do longer longer rides so it, it's been a real kind of journey over the last six or seven years or so that sounds brilliant um but what kept coming uh, keep what kept bringing you back to cycling because obviously you went into it just to thinking about the environment then it slowly crept up as being part of your life and now you've got a road bike coming and doing longer distance what, what keeps you coming back um i think for me it's about the adventure side of it like that's what i love that you know life you know you get stuck in the routine don't you like going to work getting the kids through the through the routine getting them to school and I feel like with cycling it just transforms those kind of everyday mundane things into something really exciting and fun so like you wake up in the morning and you know you think oh what bike am I going to take out today or what route am I going to go on and you know I actually feel excited like every journey that I have to make and I think, you know, previously in jobs and things, I got to a lot of traveling around the world. And then after having kids, you know, there's just no chance of doing anything like that. But I feel like I can, I can kind of do that through cycling. Um, and then, you know, aside from that, it's, it's just the convenience and, you know, how easy it is to get around, um, especially with the kids. We cycle everywhere together. Uh, we barely use our car now. Um, and, you know, once you get your confidence, you, you, can, you can go everywhere. And... I, th I think it's made me feel as a person that I'm much more 
confident and capable than I thought I was you know I think if I can carry five children on my bike and you know if I can fix a puncture in five minutes then you know I, I feel like I can honestly I feel like I can do anything and I, I never had that kind of confidence before um, particularly around practical things because I just not you know I'm not like that I'm not a very kind of sporty person not a practical person um, but cycling has really given me that and um, so it's been incredibly empowering for me um, you know so I, I think the amount that it has changed my life has just been incredible and for me that's what really motivates me around um, setting up Cycle Sisters and um, having a platform where other women can also experience the same thing you know everyone should be able to to um, benefit from cycling in the way that I have um, so so yeah that, that's what kind of drives me. Absolutely that's super refreshing to hear and just uh, before we get over to you Samra is it safe to carry five bikes, uh, five children on a bike in northeast London, do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, where I am, I'm very lucky. I live in Wilson Forest, which is a mini Holland uh, borough, as it's called. Um, so they've had about 30 million pounds of investment in cycling infrastructure. Um, so we've got loads of cycle lanes, like proper segregated cycle lanes um, and all the traffic calming and, and that kind of thing as well. Um, but really, it's around your confidence as a cyclist and knowing what you're doing so this is where doing the bikeability courses really comes in because it teaches you how to be assertive on the roads and how to take up your positioning so that um, you're visible to the traffic and <clears throat> how to communicate with traffic and that sort of thing um you know and especially with the cargo bike you, you do really take your space on the road like no one is going to miss you coming down the street with all these kids and everything hanging up on this big massive bike um and yeah, I, I, I feel safe. Um, and, uh, you, you know, I, I think that it's something that is one of the kind of misconceptions around cycling. I think people often think it's a lot more dangerous than it is because we hear all the kind of horror stories in the news. Um, but actually, you know, that on those sort of bikes, I don't think there's been any known um, serious incidents or, or anything like that. Um, so it, it's a very safe, very easy way of getting around and um, I would love to see more more women being able to do it with their children as well. Absolutely brilliant mashallah. Samra over to you how did you get into it all? Oh cycling um I think originally started back in so in 2012 I dislocated my knee in my way to work due to deficiency of vitamin D so it was not an accident I didn't fall or anything um usually the normal count is 100 another time I had seven which I wasn't aware of so it meant like my knee it's 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 subjected to that on a regular basis um so I was in like a really um not once a hardcore but like a a regular physiotherapy for like a good year to get my knee functioning back. So I wasn't able to do sujud or kneel down or um, or run or jog. Like I wasn't able to do anything impactful on my knee. And, and then my physiotherapist was like, why don't you just take up cycling, go on your bike, it will strengthen, because um, I had to do a lot of work on my hip. Um, and I think that's, it was just, it just collided at the time that Sarah and her group was doing like a Sunday sky ride. Um, and I was terrible. Like I was literally hold. I was a liability. I was holding the, the group back. I I wasn't. I you know. I I didn't tell them that I before that I never got on a bike in my life. I went on. I went to Hyde Park with a friend and didn't even tell her as well. I just got in and I was imitating what she was doing. I was just like mirroring what she was doing, but I had no idea. I've never got on my bike on a bike before. I never had one was when I was a child. So it was really like I just felt. I just knew straight away it was something 
that I really enjoyed and I had to, and I usually find things fun to be even when I'm really bad at it so I don't mind to be bad at something forever uh, as long as I really have fun and element and enjoy it um, but I, I was really grateful to uh, to all the ride leaders that, um, from this sky ride with Maid um, on Sunday. And I lived in Hounslow and it was all the way in Allgate East and I was really committed and I would like really show up with a smile on my face. And I didn't have a bike, so I would get, I would arrive with Boris' bike, uh, send in their bike or however you call it. Um, and then, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And from that, I think, I got, I got on, they supported me to buy my first bike. Um, and, you know, we had the WhatsApp group, which is like a community support. So I will take a picture, I'll send a picture and say, I'm just in the shop, shall I get this bike? And, you know, they will ask me a question like, well, how tall are you? Or like, well, what's the frame? You know, like all this question I had, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't, I wasn't really um, in tuned about all this uh, language, which I am now, but not at the time. Um, and yeah, I got my first bike and signed up to Tour de Salah and, really really enjoyed it and I think it even though I was cycling regularly in the borough but it wasn't as regularly as I would have hoped so it took actually the pandemic to hit for me to um, take it really seriously and, and and do it more regularly and 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 make it um, work around my everyday um, yeah and I really I really enjoy it like I found I found it was able to enhance my understanding and awareing, awareness of how boroughs are connected, um, you know, and how one street could lead you to the next borough and how the infrastructure and the landscape and, and the environment. Um, and yeah, like, and, and the excitement, like Sarah said, like of new routes and, you know, find, creating your own route. And, you know, with it, I, I was able last year to to do um, Hadrian's Wall, for example, you know, cycle from Newcastle to Carlisle, which I've never done before, never thought I would ever do before. Um, so now like anything that I see as an opportunity that's cycling related, I, I don't think of it as challenging. I just think, do I have the time to do it? Am I available on that week? So it's, it's, been, it's been a journey. And I think a lot of it has been through, I wouldn't say it's, is a soul. It took a collective of effort, um, a whole community to to get me to where I am today. And um, you know, like the Hansler team are an incredible bunch of, of women who really, really enthusiastic about a weekend third in the latest smiles and miles challenge, um, which we can hear later about. But it's it's a it's an incredible bunch of women who really I'm grateful to where I am today because of their encouragement. So yeah, it takes the whole village, I think, or whole borough. To get me to where I am today. Absolutely, absolutely, Samra. And we'll touch on the smiles and miles later on. Um, but it's interesting, you mentioned the different nuances between the boroughs. I love the same thing. Like, I yeah. how the road road signs, are, uh, where they write the name of the street, how they differ and things like that. The way the dustbins are different. I love all that. I thought it was just me. You know the sign that said twinning with? And you're like, what? You're twinning with who? Finland? I have no idea. But it's just like, it's really, it's really interesting what you notice when you're on your bike. And, you know, that awareness of, of you know, yeah, it's been, it's been quite enlightening. <laughs> I try to explain cycling to non-cyclists about how you get to know a place differently when you're on a bike. It's, it's incredible. But you a non-cyclist wouldn't understand that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's the, all the other ways. It's the a, it's a small, tiny little gems that you find just you're like, oh, it's a shared path. I can go through this route. And the conversation you meet, the people you meet. I met people just on, on my bike, people who stop you. Uh, you know, a lot of sign up, like in our current cycling group, has them from the back. I was on my bike and someone said, 
you know, where can I start or how can I sign up, etc. So it's brilliant. So uh, back to you then, Sarah. Uh, how did Cycle Sisters start, and how do you start Cycle Sisters? In the sense, like, what, what is it? Um, do you start a website? Do you start a Strava page? Do you start a WhatsApp group? Over to you. So well, we just started going for a ride. That was that was how it started. Um, so I mean, back in twenty sixteen, um, I I was cycling uh, to work a couple of times a week and friends and family saw me cycling and started asking me about it and saying they also wanted to do it. A lot of them didn't have a bike, so that was obviously an issue. Um, you know, and I just thought, well, it'd be really nice just to start doing something weekly and be able to meet up and, and make it possible for people to cycle. Um, and that was the time that actually that I hired a cargo bike from the council, my local council, Morton Forest, just to try it out before I went on to buy one. And I was having a chat with the guy who was doing the, um, like the induction with me and saying that, you know, I've got a group of women who would really love to cycle every week, but they haven't got bikes. And he was like, well, we've got bikes. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's cool. So can, can we use them? And he was like, yeah, you know, they're just sitting around. So um, he put them at the town hall for us in, in Walthamstow. And um, that, that was it. So every week we started meeting up, um, started off with just a few of us. It was uh, my friend Emma, my two sister-in-laws, Machina and Mario initially on the first ride. And um, more and more people started hearing about it just through word of mouth. And, um, you know, before we knew it, we, I think we had like sort of 50 people something, on a WhatsApp group um, within the first couple of months. Um, so, you know, it was, it was obvious that, that we were onto something. Um, I then became pregnant with my third child and started to think about, you know, what's going to happen now. And I, I realised how important it had become to me and to all these other women. Um, we didn't just want it to, to stop. So uh, we started looking at um, identifying who we could train to be ride leaders to be able to keep the group running. Um, well, I took a bit of a break. Um, it didn't take much of a break. <laughs> I think I didn't cycle for three weeks um, but oh. when I was from like being pregnant, uh, giving birth and, uh, you, you know, from there um, because I was completely um, addicted and I couldn't wait to get back on the bike. Um, but yeah, so so we, we needed to have more people as ride leaders um, rather than just me. So we trained up maybe four or five sisters, uh, all sisters who had started with the group um, as beginners. And, uh, you know, very kind of nervous, uh, wobbly beginners uh, would never have thought of themselves as becoming ride leaders. But very quickly, um, you know, six months, a year, skills progress and uh, people's confidence grows. And, you know, it's just so lovely and heartwarming to see how people want to give back to the group and want to support other women like them. Um, this is how most of our ride leaders have started. Um, so that, that's one of the things that I, I really love about Cycle Sisters, seeing that, that development and, and progress in people's journeys. Um, so yeah, so we trained up our ride leaders. Um, we then started having women coming in from other boroughs to the rides. Um, so we had people from Redbridge and Hackney and Newham and all these kind of surrounding boroughs. Um, so at that point we thought, okay, you know, we, we need to think about how we can uh, grow this properly. Um, so we registered as a charity back in 2019. Um, and we started we started uh, giving a bit more time to it. Um, we, we got our first grant from Transport for London to be able to set up a <laughs> group in Redbridge, which we did literally just before the lockdown. I think we had uh, maybe like four or five rides and then the, the first lockdown kicked in and, you know, everything sort of came to a stop in terms of the group rides. Um, but I mean, lockdown was just, uh, you know, it was a fantastic opportunity for cycling. Um, the way that 
people who hadn't cycled for years and years with rediscovering cycling was was amazing and um it was actually for cycle sisters it was one of our busiest times we had so many women contacting us about starting up groups and uh this is when we um started talking with summer as well about starting up the house group um so through that kind of um first lockdown and that's the summer period i think uh there was then five new groups um that came out of that um, so groups of volunteers, so local Muslim women in different boroughs who we started to work with uh, to set up groups in their areas. Um, so now we have, um, we've got groups in nine boroughs. Um, we also have a road cycling club, which uh, we've set up recently with our treasurer Zainab Orion. Um, and that, that's been really exciting as well to see how uh, you know that kind of um, you know it's it's those journeys of people wanting to push themselves further and uh, to kind of push their boundaries and see what they can achieve and and doing these longer rides. Um, so so yeah, that, that that's where we're at. That's brilliant. So back in 2016, you mentioned you trained up a few ride leaders. How did you go about doing that back then? Um, so. <coughs> To be honest, I can't even remember who we used to train that first group. We, there's a number of different training providers who offer ride leadership courses. Um, but now we've um, decided to work with British Cycling. So British Cycling offer a um, various levels of ride leadership. Um, the Ride Leadership Level 1 award gives you the skills to be able to lead rides up to 50 miles. Uh, so that suits what we want to do at Cycle Sisters. Um, so I've... Um, trained to become a tutor for British Cycling. So I can now deliver these ride leader courses um, on behalf of British Cycling for Cycle Sisters, uh, which is kind of the best of both worlds because it means that we're getting a very kind of high um, standard of training and uh, we, we're getting that connection with British Cycling and, and getting the, um, the, the women who do the course are getting the qualification. Um, but it means that we can then tailor it to what Cycle Absolutely. Sisters is about and you know, talking about the kind of barriers that Muslim women experience and that sort of thing. Um, we also train our ride leaders in first aid and basic bike maintenance as well. Oh, that's incredible. You guys are going above and beyond, mashallah. Um, you've really thought this through. Um, and you touched upon what inspired you earlier and what, why you wanted to create Cycle Sisters. If you, if you can go into that in a bit more detail as well. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's mainly my own experiences of finding it quite hard to start cycling. And um realizing that actually it wasn't just me that you know i'm not alone in this there's, there's lots and lots of women out there who would love to cycle but they don't think that they can do it or they, they just don't know how to get started and i think what we saw really quickly with cycle sisters that first group in Walton forest is that just by providing that space where it's a supportive space, where it's non-judgmental, you can come and feel comfortable to be as you are. You don't have to change anything about yourself. You don't have to compromise your religious values or your kind of lifestyle choices. Um, and you don't have to worry about not feeling part of it as well and feeling a bit out of place. Um, that kind of setting um, just works in terms of making it possible for women to come and feel comfortable to try cycling. Because, um, you know, it can feel like something really scary. So, you know, we've, we've got women who have never cycled, so complete beginners, um, never had the opportunity to cycle when they were kids. And then we've also got a lot of women who did cycle as kids, but then had a very long gap in the kind of teenage years and 20s um, and wanting to come back to it. And 
feels like a really intimidating thing and I think unless you know that you're going to feel comfortable you're going to get that support I think a lot of people are just not going to do it um, so this is what Cycle Sisters is about and uh, you know it's not just Cycle Sisters there's actually lots of other Muslim women's groups um, out there now which are doing a very similar thing and, and having amazing success as well um, and I think yeah for, for me it's just that it's such a privilege to be part of other people's journeys and to see um, see how far they, they can go and um, you know as an instructor like teaching someone to ride a bike for the first time like there's nothing like that experience of seeing that smile on someone's face when they you know pedaling by themselves and uh, cycling around the park it, it's just amazing um, or, or hearing the story from someone who you know, really nervous, never thought they could cycle on the roads. And then they built up the confidence to be able to cycle to work or to be able to take their children to school or something like that. Um, so it, it's amazing. And yeah, it's, I, I'm so feel so blessed, alhamdulillah, to be uh, able to um, to be part of Cycle Sisters and to-, to It sounds like a fantastic, uh, fantastic initiative, mashallah. And uh, so you started in Woven Forest, you now have nine areas you're working, is that nine different boroughs? Yes, yeah, so nine different boroughs. Okay, and uh, <laughs> does it continually grow? How, how do you how do you expand? Do you have a call out to sisters, or do you go into those areas? So we've learned a lot from setting up these groups and uh, how to go about doing it. Um, and what we found is that trying to um, support local women to set up the groups and for it to become very uh, locally run is is the best way um, so it's about finding a couple of women in an area who are, have got the time to give to um, setting up the group because the most time consuming bit is at the start where you're thinking about planning the routes and finding right leaders and making partnerships with the councils and that sort of thing um, and then uh, and also who've got um, the cycling level as well um, so you, you know you don't have to be an expert cyclist at all um, but just have it we need you at this point to have the confidence to cycle on the roads and to be able to do sort of like 10 miles up to that kind of a distance initially um, and then we will uh, work with that group to to get things started so we've developed some online courses uh, for uh, these volunteers now which covers things like route planning um, it covers how um, to recruit ride leaders and uh, how ride leaders are trained and how, how to go on to support those ride leaders once they're once they're up and running. Um, we've also got an introduction to Cycle Sisters course as well. Um, and we support them to have meetings with the councils. So we, we're very reliant in all of these boroughs on councils providing bikes for us to use for the rides. That was something right from the start we were really sure that we we wanted to be able to do because um, not only a bike is, is a huge barrier to not being able to cycle, we wanted it to be accessible for as many people as possible. Um, so, so all these kind of like relationship building with local cycle groups as well. Um, and then we get to a point like, so that process probably takes about six months, something like that. And then after that, um, we can step back a little bit. And once the rides are up and running, then uh, it really is that local team of women who are, who are um, overseeing it all and, and uh, yeah, run, running all the rides. Each of these nine regions have access to their own bikes. Is, it, is that what I'm hearing? Yes, they do. Um, so they, they've all got access to bikes. It's, it's all through various different arrangements. It's mostly councils. Um, 
in Hounslow, there's a different arrangement. It's uh, through Osterley Park. That's right, yeah. So it's a national trust. Um, uh, they've, they've got their own cycle hire at Osterley Park. So, oh, sorry. This is the first time somebody asked me to raise my voice. I'm usually loud. Um, um, so we've got in enhanced cycle system. We have arrangement with Cycle Hire Osterley Park. Um, it's where we start the ride and is where we end the rides. Um, so we get up to twelve free bikes on every ride. Um, sometimes they go up to sixteen because they're really generous with us and they really see the impact. We come into a year now. We started May twenty twenty one and now it's coming to win year soon. So it's been quite incredible and the impact has been quite remarkable. Guys are literally changing the face of cycling here in London. Like we see sisters out riding now, which is brilliant. Um, so those nine re regions, Wolven Forest, Hounslow, I know there's one in Redbridge, Hackney. Are you mostly in London then or only in London? Only in London. Yeah, we're only in London. So, so it was mostly northeast London, um, but then we set up groups in Croydon, Lambeth, Wandsworth and Hounslow. Wow. Uh, we wanted to spread out to other parts of London as well. Um, we're also in the process of setting up two more new groups as well. So we've got one coming in Barking and uh, the Brilliant. fourth one is still under discussion where, where it's going to be. Uh, but yeah, we've made the decision for now to focus on London because it's keeping us busy as it is uh, without thinking about um, moving outside of London. And, you know, as I mentioned, there's also some other fantastic women's groups out there already in, in Birmingham, Manchester, and um, Leicester as well. So some of these other cities are, are, are covered. Um, I think in the future, we would love to become nationwide and to um, find those towns and cities where there's not anything happening and uh, to, to set up something there. But yeah, I think that's probably a couple of years off for now. Yeah. Uh, have you been recording the number of rides you've put out and how many participants on each one? Yeah, so um, I mean, it's, it's all been very like first couple of years, like loads of spreadsheets everywhere and, you know, not particularly... Um, organized but uh, we've recently put some uh, software in place to be able to um, do our ride bookings and, and get better data and things like that um, but roughly we, we would have been running over the last couple of years around 300 rides a year um, so with all our groups it's I mean most weeks it's between sort of 10 to 14 rides are happening um, so that's across all the borough groups because some of them do more than one ride a week as well uh, so and that's where we want to get to with all of them. So we want to be able to offer a weekday ride and a weekend ride so that we can um, accommodate sisters who've got all different sorts of circumstances with working and, and other family commitments and things. Um, and then with the club rides too. Um, so yes, there's quite a few rides <laughs> happening every week. Um, and then membership wise, we've now got um, around a thousand. Oh, so wow. Incredible. Who are, who are part of Cycle Sisters across all those different groups. And, and uh, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, go on. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> And uh, why do you think it's such a success? Because that's that's a an incredible amount of people, let alone sisters, um, in a, such a short space of time as well. Why why has it been such a success? Do you think? Um, I think it's about what I was saying in terms of it's you know it's it's actually a very simple idea, um, and it's it's about having a space where. You know, I think the Muslim identity of Cycle Sisters is very important. Like we're very explicit that we are um, here to cater for the needs of Muslim women and um, for, for our experiences. 
Um, yet at the same time, we are inclusive and women from any background are welcome to come on our rides. And that's one of the really lovely things as well about Cycle Sisters is, is that we do have quite a few women um, from who are not Muslim, um, a lot of women from South Asian backgrounds, um, but also other backgrounds as well who feel that the kind of space that we've set up works for them as well. And it's, it's a space where they also feel comfortable and it meets their needs. Um, but yeah, I think specifically in thinking about like the Muslim women that we're targeting, the fact that it's got that identity means that you know that you're going to feel comfortable and you're going to be with people where you share a background or have something, um, you know, something in common. Um, and then the way that we've set it up with the volunteers running uh, the groups, that makes it sustainable. Uh, it makes it easier for us as an organization. Uh, you know, we can't, there's only a couple of us, so we can't be everywhere running all the rides and, and doing all the kind of organizing. It just wouldn't have worked. Um, so a bit, it's a bit like a franchise model um, where, you know, it's, we've, we've set up the, the, we've set up the model for it and we've got all the resources and the processes and everything like that. And then we can support, people to then set it up in their in their local area and, and be able to run it and those local women um, are essential as role models within the community so they uh, recruit other women to come in for the rides they're, they're, they're known within the community that they're, they're seen out and about on their bikes as Samra is saying you know this is we do very little promotion and advertising at Cycle Sisters it is mostly through word of mouth and through people seeing other sisters on the street seeing the group rides or, or just seeing sisters cycling around um, and stopping them and asking them you know how, how did you start cycling how, how can I be part of this um, so so it's kind of spread uh, in, in that way and it's also it's about um, you know we, we're trying to address all the kind of barriers that Muslim women might experience so from the practical barriers and making sure that we provide the bikes um, to uh, and the training as well the, the cycle lessons um, as well as the, the barriers around there not being enough role models and um, people not feeling, uh, you know, feeling quite apprehensive about how to cycle while wearing modest clothing um, <clears throat> and making sure that we can advise people on that and give tips and you know, even just knowing that you're going to turn up and that everyone in the group is going to be wearing that sort of clothing like that, that just gives you so much reassurance and means that you don't have to worry about that sort of thing. So yeah I think it's this whole kind of um, model has come come together and like I said it's not complicated it it could very easily be replicated for other communities as well and this is something that we're also really keen uh, to share our learning and our experiences um, it's not just Muslims who are underrepresented in cycling there's lots of different groups and communities particularly women um, particularly women from um, different minority ethnic backgrounds um, and this kind of approach I think could work really well for other groups too um, just to make it clear, to have access to those bikes and your rides is absolutely free, isn't it? Yeah, so every, everything yeah. Is, is free. Um, we, we want the rides to be free, the bikes to be free. Um, we don't want cost or the, the kind of financial side of things to be any, any barrier for anyone to be able to participate. So what are the overall objectives and goals of the organisation other than just to get more and more women into the sport? or not even into sport, just into cycling rather. Do you want to go on that one, Samra? <laughs> um, I was just going to add to what you just said, Sarah, about what makes it work. And I think it's consistency is a key. You know, we show up every Sunday. For example, for Hansel Group, we, we have the ride on Sundays. Um, they know where it starts from, they know where it ends. The process is very simple, like Sarah said. And I think, you know, 
when you have a model that works, it, it really works. People don't have to second doubt that. This, is it a ride? There's no one questioning, is it a ride happening this Sunday? They know there's a ride, but it's about what there is. You, um, there's a space for you to take to be on the ride or can you be joining the waiting list, etc. cetera. Um, so remind me the question again, what was the? Aims and objectives, the goals of the organization. Um, I think accessibility to make to make uh, cycling accessible to um, Muslim women, um, to think about uh, the well-being and the the, the well-being and social inclusion uh, factor as well. Um, that is one of our factors, and to to um, you know to, to engage um, to make it like to to tackle the barriers that, that can stand in the way for uh, women to access cycling um, at the forefront. You know. I don't know to be a cliche or like uh, you know um, that you know we don't want to be always saying women do cycle. We don't want to prove a point that women do cycle. We want to be through our own action that the fact that we we exist um, and and have a case to exist is the is the space that we want to create that is um, welcoming for all. Anything to add, Sarah? I think I waffled there. <laughs> No, I mean, I think that that's it, that's it. You know, it's about, we want to see, we want it to be normal and yeah. to see Muslim women on bikes um, everywhere and not just Muslim women as well, but other uh, underrepresented communities. So there's all sorts of people uh, wearing all sorts of clothes on all sorts of bikes. And it's not just, cycling is not just one thing. It's, you know, it's got this um, kind of stereotypical image of um, uh, the kind of, um, lycra clad uh, usually man um, on an expensive bike but cycling is so many different things and there's nothing wrong with that as well by the way like I think those people you know they're doing their thing and they, they should keep doing it because they're, they're enjoying it but that cycling is so many different things um, to different people and you don't have to be a certain type of person or um, to do cycling in a certain type of way um, it's you know there, there's that freedom to to explore and I think for me like that's what one of the things that I absolutely love about cycling is that there's no end to new things that you can try and different ways that you can cycle and uh, all the different types of cycling and all, all the different types of bikes that are out there as well um, so so yeah so that, I think for us that's that's the message that we want to get out there um, and one, one thing that I found really inspiring, actually, that someone told me recently, um, so it's a quite well-known academics doing some research in Waltham Forest, um, where I live and where there's lots of different cycling initiatives. And she was speaking to a black guy who um, was saying that he had seen a sister on a bike wearing uh, the kind of full hijab and um, a buyer and everything. And that had been the moment that had inspired him to think that he could cycle. Um, because, you know, he'd, he'd had these kind of ideas around who cycled and, and what type of people it was. But when he saw her, um, it really just opened his eyes to thinking that, oh, wow, you know, like anyone can cycle. Um, so I think that is so powerful thinking about, you know, when you're out on your bike, you don't know who you're inspiring and what kind of impact you're having, but you definitely are having an impact. Um, so every, every single cycle sister who's out there or, you know, every, every Muslim woman who's out there on a bike, um, is doing something um, very, very powerful. And um, that, that kind of, yeah, it's, it's really inspiring. It's, 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 yeah, go on. No, so because we actually have created a supportive culture, you know, through even like, as like I said before, when I first started, like now we have Sarkozy's WhatsApp group and there's just a conversation that you see that happens organically between 
people who supported someone saying, you know, can I, can someone come and ride with me to commute to work for the first time? Or, you know, um, I've never been on the road before, but I, I feel like I've gained my confidence. Can someone ride with me, body with me? And we've, we've seen that quite prominent in the first pandemic, um, the whole body and culture that has been enhanced through this cultural support culture. And I think that's, um, you can't really undermine that and like, or, you know, or make it underrated. It's, it's literally what works, um, that support um, through from, because, you know, you can come to ride, but it's it's uh, it's what you do during the week to enhance your skills and your confidence and, and to make sure that it's something part of your daily life. It's a sisterhood, isn't there, Samara, in the group? That's it. That's the word. Sisterhood. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a there's a general myth um, people might still have whereby uh, cycling might be inappropriate for women or even haram. Uh, mm -hmm. How can we go about uh, debunking those myths and dispelling them? Just by being on your bike. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I really I really think that because like, um, you know, uh, Rasulullah said like take five before five right that you know your health is is before your illness and I think with cycling it's not only great for your well-being your mental health well-being I mean particularly for me um you know it's it's literally had a great impact on my mental well-being and 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 I think for something that has that such an impact how could you uh make it filthy with haram you know like what, what's it, it just doesn't really go align and understand where you know people thinking about clothing etc and this is why we say come as you are like if you want to wear something modest if you want to wear um uh, something practical do you um and just cycle and and well focus on your physical well-being you know for a physiotherapist you tell me what would be the solution to your you're enhancing and strengthening your knee and your hip is is cycling you know that is a medicine you know and that has been a medicine for me and i since then has been able to do sujood and do salah and be you know reliable and not be liability like i used to be once before um i think that's this what it is i think people need to see people's lived experience of what cycling has been for them um and the case for that it's actually for your physical and well-being uh, it works than actually being so fixated on working so hard to make it haram because then well give, give me an alternative you know um people will always find something else uh to to uh stand in a way for you to actually do something uh really good for for yourself um but yeah i don't really um you know i'm you know i just see people stop me to say how can i get involved you know i've, I've never all be concerned the fact that i'm actually on the road like i have got uncles and uncles particularly uncles who just really shout out a few words saying be careful and i know it's coming from a place from a good place um but beside that i've never really um surprisingly i've never seen i shouldn't say surprisingly but what i mean is like i have haven't seen the notion of haram um um you know imposing me maybe because i'm not in that circle or, or or surrounding um but yeah i think i think people need to see the more they see psycho sisters um you know sisters on their bikes um uh, be it from psycho sisters or any alternative groups uh the more the message will be loud and clear all right have you come across sisters who perhaps thought that and then uh, you, you're able to break it down for them and whatnot. And how did you do that? Yeah, I mean, I think that sort of narrative, it does definitely exist. Um, and it seems in certain communities more than, than others. Um, like sisters have got lots of different sorts of experiences. Um, I mean, as an instructor, I've, I've taught a lot of women who didn't get a chance to cycle when they were kids. So their brothers learned how to ride bikes, um, but, but they 
never got bought a bike or, or never um, got that opportunity to ride a bike because um, it just wasn't the kind of done thing for girls. Um, so it's coming to it much later in life. Um, you know, I, I think what Sam was saying around, uh, it's about the role models being out there and um, challenging these kind of ideas and um, leaders as well within the community. I mean, in, a, in another project that I've worked on, we, we worked with a couple of mosques um, to get some cycling initiatives happening. Mm -hmm. And um, we actually had the imam from the mosque uh, who got a bike and started coming on the bike rides with his kids as well. And, you know, that was sending a very strong message that cycling uh, is is for everyone, you know, it's, it's not something that um, is haram or something that you need to stay away from. Um, so, so that was, uh, you know, that was quite a powerful thing. Um, but I think for a lot of sisters as well, it's not necessarily being explicitly told that it's haram or you can't do it or anything like that. It's, it's more about feeling self-conscious and feeling um, quite vulnerable as a Muslim woman on a bike, um, especially, you know, if you, if you are dressed in a certain way. And, um, you know, unfortunately, some people have experienced some Islamophobic kind of um, incidences while out on their bike um, or, or kind of like people passing really closely and, and verbal abuse and that sort of thing. Um, so I think, again, this is where groups like Cycle Sisters really make a big difference because if you're if you're in a group uh, and you're all together you just feel so much more um, protected and supported and uh, it gives you that opportunity to build up your confidence in that setting first before you start going out and, and cycling by yourself you know and by that point you just feel much better equipped to deal with any kind of um, things like that um, so yeah I think a, a couple of different things kind of coming coming together and again that that Muslim identity of cycle sisters I think gives people confidence that it's going to be a setting um you know because I, I think a lot of people worry with going to other cycle groups um about things like is there going to be stops at the pub um that's quite common isn't it with part of like cycling culture or um am I going to be able to do my prayer like are we going to be back in time so so all of this is like taken away with cycle sisters because you know that all the stops are going to be halal you know that um it's the timings are organized around the prayer and you know we shift them as the prayers change through the year um so I think that that kind of thing um you know it, it just means that people can feel confident to come and and, and be as they are your sister right now listening how how do you how does one get involved how does someone join cycle sisters so depending on where you are, uh, if you're in London, uh, then have a look on our website, cyclesisters.org.uk, and you can see the groups that we've got. There's details on there for all of the start points and the days of the rides, um, and you can contact us through there. Um, we've also uh, got our Instagram and Facebook, so uh, follow us on there to find out what we're up to. Um, if there's anybody who's outside of London who's listening and thinking like, oh, I'd re you know, really love to have something like this in my local area, um, there is a, a Facebook group called Muslim Women Cyclists, which is um, got women actually uh, international. It's an international group, women oh, wow. from all over the world who are part of that. Um, so you can post on there, and you can often find um, other sisters locally that you can go out for for rides with as well. And do you know of any other clubs uh, around the country that might do similar? You mentioned Birmingham, Manchester, if you want to give them a shout out quickly. Um, yeah, so the, I mean, there's another fantastic group also in London called Evolve, which um, are in Harrow and Hillington and that kind of area. Um, and then there's groups in, yeah, so I know of groups in Birmingham, Leicester, Peterborough, Manchester um, and Glasgow. 
there, there may be others, um, but yeah, that, that Facebook group, Muslim Women Cyclists, is, is probably the best place to go and, and find out, because um, there, there may well be more than that. You support then uh, riders, uh, sorry, people who can't yet cycle. So uh, brand new riders, never cycled before. Do you support people like that? Yeah, so through the bikeability lessons uh, that we that we can offer um, through our team of instructors. So this is separate to the rides. We've we've uh, trained up women to um, to be instructors, and bikeability is like the the kind of uh, it's a new name for cycling proficiency, which um, a lot of us would have done at school, um, and it's uh, it teaches you how to cycle safely on the roads. So that's the ultimate goal of it. But there's different levels, and um, the first level is learn to ride. So Complete beginners can come along, um, learn how to ride a bike. You put the saddle down, take the pedals off, make it into a balanced bike, like how you see kids learning how to ride a bike. Um, so hundreds and hundreds of women have learned how to ride bikes um, through, through our instructors like this. Um, so it, you can do it, like anyone can do it. Some people need a little bit longer, um, but you know you, you can get there. And so uh, if, if, you, if you want to do that, um, have, again, have a look on our website for the areas where we're operating. If you're in an area where um, Cycle Sisters doesn't have a group, then most councils offer free cycle training for people who live in the borough. Um, so go onto the council website, have a look. You may be able to also request a female instructor um, as part of the booking process. So definitely try that if that's something that you feel more comfortable with. Um, so yeah. And that's absolutely free as well, all the training and whatnot. It's all free, yeah, it's all free. I mean, at the moment, the training is a little bit limited because it's funded by Transport for London. So because of the impact of the lockdowns on TfL's budgets, then it's had a knock-on on the, the cycle training, unfortunately. Um, so it, there's not as much happening as there was a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, inshallah, that's something that we'll, we'll, we'll build up again. Uh, so I already know, know the answer to this because I've seen pictures, but for the benefit of the listeners, uh, do you allow children on your rides? Uh, so the rides are for, well, so the main rides are for over 18s. Um, and the reason I'm talking, for that, I'm talking like babies and so babies are fine, yeah. So, like pre preschool kids, um, can come in like trailers and bike seats and things like that, but otherwise, it's over 18s. Um, and that's because, uh, for a lot of women who come on the rides, it's time away from children, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's a bit of me time and, and having a chance to spend time and connect with other women. Um, and having children there just it, it makes it quite a different kind of vibe. Um, but we do also run teen biker rides in Waltham Forest only at the moment, which are rides for uh, girls who are between uh, 13 and 17. So that's a project that we're, we're keen to, to roll out into our other boroughs as well. So I'm guessing your rides are generally off-road, when I mean off-road, like they're via parks and pathways and quiet back streets and whatnot, uh, and to cafes. Do you have something um, that also pushes uh, sisters to... Uh, um, uh, you mentioned there's a new road aspect to it. Is it how, how's that going? It's going really well, actually. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. I mean, we, we set up the WhatsApp group and within a day there was like 70 people in it. Oh, brilliant. Mashallah. <laughs> um, so the, the take-up is, is great. And, uh, you know, a lot of sisters are uh, wanting to buy road bikes and to, to experience the kind of longer rides and thinking about things like being clipped in and, and all that, uh, which is something that I'm going to plan to try, actually, over the next week or so. <laughs> taking me ages to get onto the get onto feeling that I can do it um, but yeah you know this is what the group is about it's about getting support for things like that um, and um, a 
a lot of sisters so we, we've been working with Bride London this year and they've given us some places uh, for the there's the three different events so there's the 30 60 and 100 mile events uh, so we've got around 70 sisters who are signed up across wow. the event. really yeah incredible yeah, probably awesome. about I think about 25 like that who who are doing the 100 mile event oh okay uh, and yeah and for a lot of sisters you know it's the first time doing a longer ride uh, an exclusive or an event yeah yeah. Like yeah no that's really good really that's really really good so you've literally covered everything from taking your first ride to perhaps doing your first sportive and training up to that 100 mile and whatnot so Mashallah, good, good on you, girls. Mashallah, that's excellent. Um, just uh, wrapping up, then, like last few questions. So, what other benefits does uh, a woman get joining uh, Cycle Sisters other than, uh, like, I don't know, discounts at local stores, cafes, etc.? Is, is there things like that, Samra? Um, there are things our our own women who comes on the ride created, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like they they will buy something and someone else sees, and then they will contact the you know they they will contact the, the the business, and then they will get a code and they will share it, and you know the benefit is reaching everyone. Um, um, but um, I'm not. I'm not sure what discounts are. Sorry, Sarah, I don't know. Or are there like other things that you can offer? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we offer, like, we offer, I mean, there's a lot of, obviously, social inclusion in the whole aspect, so people, yeah, like, training, yeah, people be training together for the London rides, they've been meeting regularly to go on, like, a, um, you know, morning ride together, we, we you know, we buy, like I said earlier, we provide support, it's, it's, it's really friendly, um, supportive space, so, you know, um, all I must have, I can't speak for all the other groups, but for Hansler group, you know, we're really well connected together, and we, you know, we try to encourage people to commute to work by bikes, and so we offer, you know, if you need support to route planning or coming on a, on a route with you is something we do. And um, we have got a successful story um, uh, right now from a, a, a rider called Myra who joined us in August. Um, uh, never read him before. She she read bikes when she was younger, but she joined our rides. Really, really enjoyed it. Really, really found the benefit in it, and decided to commute to work by her own press bike committed to work um, and wish us some of the riders have joined her in that journey. Um, and now I signed up to, she did London to Brighton a few weeks ago, um, doing the 100 miles ride for London Ride. And literally it's been remarkable to see and came third in the smiles and miles, in the top miles mileage. She's been incredible um, to watch and, and see. And not only, she's just, it's not only that she's taking, she's, doing that um, exclusively on her own she's bringing other women with her as well um you know she's um inspired a few women yesterday to do Heathrow loop um including myself so it's been really remarkable that you know that the benefit that you see from just being part of a, a regular weekly social ride and the the um the opportunity that it brings you um and it, it, it you know one person sign up to something before you know it the effect and the impact of that has gone wild and we okay, all like it's been contagious. You're like, okay, I'll do it. If you're doing it, then I'll do it. And it, it's been like that. And it's been really remarkable. And um, and the health, the, the health impact, um, you know, our dietary, not only the diet, we're not just thinking about being on the bike, but also what we're eating and our health aspect. And um, 
supporting each other, learning from each other, and like you know connecting in a way that it wasn't really possible before, um, has been really um, a great a great success factor. I think what what makes Cycling like Sisters what it is. Yeah. Right, you've mentioned twice now, uh, smiles and miles. Um, what are these initiatives that you keep talking about that promote cycling, other than just the lead rides? So this one, so I, I, uh, it's our second year of doing Smiles and Miles. It happens in the mid-winter months, so from January to February, it's like over four weeks. Um, and we encourage women um, who are members of Psycho Sisters or who would like to join us to, to sign up, to challenge yourself, to go on your own. So the idea is you getting on your own bike, doing your own mileage, um, be it indoors or outdoors. Um, and we, we, you know, we, um, for example, I signed up to do 100 miles, but when this when the challenge finished, I did about 300 miles, I think. Oh, um, excellent. By the end. And, and, and a lot of it happened because somebody would drag me along with them to go on a longer ride, et cetera. But the idea is, is to challenge yourself in the colder month where people might, because you know, remember that we're building months and months and months of increasing your stamina and increasing your enhancement and your physical ability to 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 be on the to to close the gap, but also to base yourself on, on joining the, the the challenging rides or the intermediate rides. And then the winter comes, the winter months comes, and before you know it, you, your bike is in the storage, it's collecting dust, and you, it hasn't been coming out. So it's like this miles and miles it's exactly what it says is it's a uh, collecting you know challenging yourself to do the longer ride but also while you're at it bring a friend with you smile and it's it's we've, this year we've, we've elaborated a lot of um uh you know um what, what would you call it like exciting things to do it so you know cycle to um uh, a monument or a cycle to another you know another another borough so we've had w women from redbridge but the first time we met them in person, you know, we see them in groups, but um, they cycled from Redbridge to Hounslow to join us. Um, uh, and, you know, you know, together we made a really, you know, smart Strava art, um, you know, creative things together. So it's been really remarkable. And before we know, we've, we've cycled, am I right, together we cycled 30,000 miles? Is that right? 15,000. 15,000, that's it. We've done fifteen thousand miles by the by the end of the four weeks, and we've yeah. you know, raised while well, we also raised money for Psycho Sisters, so which was one of the uh, crucial aim because it's it's really difficult to um you know like out, out you know to 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 give donation to UK based organization you know as we, as you're aware particularly in Ramadan it's, it's very difficult so we've we've done that really earlier on to to get to understand people to understand why why we you give charity to um to Zaka sisters and like you said earlier you know you were quite amused that it's it's free and for something to stay free to remain free to be sustainable it, it needs funding and this funding comes from somewhere and and we were, we were so proud of all the women who took part not only took part but also raised money for us so we're grateful and shout out to them all of them so they've done an incredible job there's a saying in cycling, uh, winter miles equals summer smiles. So oh. you guys are basically doing it. Myself, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So thinking about men then uh, and fathers and husbands in particular, what can we or other men and husbands do to encourage uh, more of you to get out? What, what can we do? I mean, 
uh, I mean, I like the question, but the question is assuming the fathers and the husband are actually got on their bikes too, um, which is in some some cases aren't. So yeah, we've had women who um, just by being like sisters uh, or the reason why their husbands and their fathers were ever got on the bikes in the first place. So, it, you know, there's an interesting shift there. But uh, but I think what was needed is to is to is to create a family family rights, you know, like um, shift Friday afternoon, you know, um, uh, shift, you know, um, think about the weekend and what the weekend can bring and, you know, visiting um, like an, uh, a national trust, for example, that is like 20 miles away and and uh, riding with your wife or you're riding with your husband. And I think we've, we've seen that smiles and miles. We've seen people actually going out with their with their husband, with their with their brothers and, and doing a family, um, a family ride. And that's been really beautiful and remarkable to watch and observe. Um, but I think the message is to um to yeah like mother's days there's there's a lot of uh remark there's eid around the corner so get us the latest road bikes um that should be the message to the father and husband uh but i'm, I'm sure women can fund themselves too but you know what i mean like there, there, there's a, so many ways to give people um uh you know it's it's a uh, you buy one items and then there's so many things to think about so you know um encourage them ride alongside with them and um yeah make it fun yeah one one thing as well i'd add so if husbands who are cycling husbands it might also mean having to give up some of your own cycling time to give your wife time to get out <laughs> look after the kids let your wife go out for the day do her long rides yeah it's difficult to, nice to hear it's <laughs> difficult to hear sarah but yeah it needs to be said you know yeah, yeah. no thank you so much Janet. That is cool. And uh, so where do you see Cycle Sisters in five years, Sarah? Two, oh, three, four, five years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, inshallah, five years, we'll, we'd have groups across London, um, every part of London being being served by, by a group. Um, I would love us at that point to also be thinking about uh, being outside of London as well and expanding across the UK. Um, and we've got 80 ride leaders now at the moment. Um, so, you know, hundreds and hundreds of women who are, who are trained as ride leaders and trained as instructors and maybe coaches as well. Um, mechanics, that's another area that I would love to see more Muslim women um, being represented in. Um, so all aspects of cycling, it just being normal for Muslim women to be there and, and being represented um, from at all levels um, so including up to the kind of higher levels of um, sport as well um, is not something that we've um, done much around at the moment but I would be really interested to kind of see where where we could take that um, as, as well you know but that's it's it's not for everybody and um it, you know it's very much like i was saying before that everybody has their own cycling journey and uh it's not that the ultimate goal of cycling is to get a road bike and to go really fast and do long rides um you know for for a lot of people cycling is many different things and it's getting around and um you know it's socializing and it's fitness and and all of this so um just there being that cycle sisters present and being that platform for um, for as many Muslim women as possible around the country to to be able to try it and and then you know as Samra was saying like it is in my experience it is mostly the way around that the sister starts cycling first and then she drags her husband into it and the rest of the family as well um, so by the by the uh, the woman starting you know you're having a much wider impact because it's not just about that one individual it's also often the whole family the kids. Um, you know, in the wider family and community as well.
Definitely. I, I, I still think we're in a shift which needs to happen and it is happening very slowly, but we need to become uh, a community that excels in fitness and health and things like that. Whereas currently um, across the whole country, Muslims are in the bottom percentile of like, you know, uh, when it comes to how we look after ourselves. So um, getting the women leading the charge, that's, that is where it happens, I think. And um, we're in Ramadan, Junaid, like, you know, so like, sorry. We, we are in Ramadan, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a notion of Ramadan is upon us, therefore I'm fasting, therefore I can't be doing anything exercise related. And I think that also needs to shift because there our body is um, amana and it's also able to, I mean, obviously, obviously it, it varies from one person to another, but the, the you, I'm hoping at this point that you're able to invest time uh, in this month to understand how your body operates, uh, where its energy level is, uh, what it can do, um, and 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 pace yourself. You know, do 10 minutes a day, do 20, 15 minutes later. Um, you know, don't go too wild. To you, you know, we don't want people to end up in hospital um, and then Ramadan or the or the the notion of fasting being looked down upon. But it's more like. Just what can you do this month to understand how your body operates, you know, um, because Allah wouldn't postpone something on us unless it's for, it's for our own good. So I think, you know, we, you know, I did 15 miles yesterday evening and I just found like six o'clock to, you know, seven, like the, that one hour is actually the best time I could do it or first thing in the morning. So everyone, it, it works differently to everyone. But I think it's important to remind the listeners that it's, it's Ramadan and, and what are you doing to um embed exercising in your in your fasting as well echo what you're saying like it's it's part of our faith uh, and ramadan as well it shouldn't mean that we put away uh cycling no, not go over the top as you mentioned but like we should still be looking after ourselves um definitely um so if people want to support your work how do they go about and do it um so follow us on social media, uh, show your support on there. Um, also, as Samra mentioned, we're a charity and we do really rely on donations and, and support from the community. So we've got a donate section on our website and we, we'd really appreciate anything that anyone can contribute. Uh, as I mentioned we, as well, we've got 70 plus sisters doing Ride London. They all got fundraising pages. Um, so, you know, supporting those sisters with, with, with whatever you can as well would, would make a really big difference. Just to finish off, uh, maybe one story each. Uh, a story or uh, a sister who's inspired you. You don't have to mention their name, um, but something that's really, really inspired you. Um, so Samra, maybe you go first. Oh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to ask me about a case study. Oh, someone who really inspires me to... Yeah, so perhaps you saw someone come into the sport, they weren't very good, or perhaps they had health problems and they managed to fight it just for... I don't know, I'm just... Uh, I'm just giving some ideas. Someone uh, that's really inspired you, Samra. I think uh, in our one of our ride leaders, she's called uh, Nevin. Uh, she, oh God, like I wish we can clone her pretty much. She's remarkable. She has so much energy, and you know she trains uh, pretty much everyone in the borough to to cycle, um, along with all other ride leaders. Um, but I think there's something about her of her her patience, her resilience, her her um, you know uh, 
there is no in her vocabulary it doesn't exist she literally you know even if she's not on the even if she's not on the rotor to write leads she will come to do the abc check with everyone and make sure everyone set off um making sure you know they've 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 had a little debrief or we call it the nevin effect um yeah i think she really uh, she really, yeah, she really makes me feel warm and makes me feel like cycling is is literally what it is about. It's about that sisterhood, it's about that unity and it's about the, the the joy that it brings. And yeah, like having her on the ride, it, it gives the entire ride a different experience. And I'm so grateful to her, but I'm also grateful to, if I could just give a shout out to all our ride leaders, to Fatima, who without her Hansler cycle sisters would not have existed. She's she also inspires me. But um, and to all to all our ride leaders, to Mara, to Gurdjieff, to Tanya, to um, I hope I'm not forgetting anyone, to Amenve, to Aisha, um, to everyone at Hansel Cycle Sisters. And I'm really grateful to them, you know, and for them to commit their time, free time, you know, is is a voluntary time away from their commitment as a mother, as a as a sister, as a as a wife. Um, to join us on a Sunday, um, come rain or sunshine or snow. I'm really, really, really grateful to them. Thank you. Off to you, Sarah. It's, it's really hard because like there's so, like, hundreds and hundreds of stories that like, ev every woman that comes through Cycle has got her own story and, and it's incredibly inspiring. Um, but I think one, one sister in particular who always stands out to me is a sister called Fatima, um, who's based in Hackney. And she started coming to Cycle Sisters just before the lockdowns. She came to a couple of rides um, and then the lockdowns kicked in and uh, she was determined that that wasn't gonna stop her. So she connected up with a couple of other women um, in her borough to, to uh, cycle them. And she came to Cycle Sisters uh, through social prescribing, through her GP. She had experienced a number of chronic health conditions, um, anxiety, depression, um, uh, you know, and just really struggled and struggled to kind of find um, a, a space where she could feel supported. And after that first ride with Cycle Sisters, she was completely hooked. And she just, from then, she has not given up. She is the most determined person that I think I've ever met. And despite all of her challenges, she has progressed her skills so much. She's, she trained as a ride leader. Um, she then went on to get a road bike and uh, start doing longer rides and sportive. So she did um, the Cambridge, uh, London to Cambridge, did London to Brighton. She's now signed up for the 100 mile ride. Uh, so the Ride London 100 mile ride. And throughout all of her journey, the thing that I think is most inspiring is the way that she is so honest about her experiences and the way that she just so generously shares how she's how she's done things and how she's found it and um, you know she's not afraid to talk about um, her mental health um, she's not afraid to uh, talk about how she finds things difficult um, you know she, she's just very very honest and I think a lot of women have felt that they can relate to her and that you know if she can do it then they can do it as well so she's an incredible role model um, and we're, we're really really proud of her and we're really proud to have her as part of Cycle Sisters um, but I, I you know I really could say this about hundreds and hundreds of women um, as well who have been part of Cycle Sisters we, we're so proud of all of them and what they've achieved. Um, I just want to say like thank you for what you guys do like uh, it's a real I don't know community uh, benefit so uh, although I can't come on the rides per se, you're still doing uh, a great service to our community, the Muslim community, 
and just the general London community as well. Um, we just need more people on bikes and you're doing that. And you're literally, as I mentioned earlier, you're literally changing the face of cycling here in London, which is brilliant. So keep doing what you're doing and inshallah, Allah Baraka and what you're doing as well. Um, and yeah, and uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, hopefully this will go viral uh, because <laughs> we need people to hear about what you guys are doing. And this is why I want to start the podcast as, um, as such as well, because there's so many people doing amazing things. Um, and I'm sure you'll agree with like, people like Rashid Bai, um, who's done a lot for the sisters as well. You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, where, where do we tell their stories? You know what I mean? Other than us shouting about what we're doing. And there's like a Islamic, how do you say, uh, character within us where we're not, we're not boastful. So it's like we kind of hold ourselves back. So I thought we need a platform where people can come on and just share and not even boast, but share what they're doing and others can hear about it because we're all within our own clubs and we all know what the club is doing, but we don't really know what each other are doing, um, but we're still part of the larger community. So thank you for coming on. Thanks for having us. It's joy. Thank you. Wa alaikum. Wa alaikum.